about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Elmwood, Georgia. In this episode, Dr. Ed Montgomery Sr. ministers a word entitled Pentecost. Stay tuned. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Is God worthy of your praises? Amen. God has been good to me. I don't know about y'all, but God has been good to me. He's watched over me all throughout this week, and I thank him, and I praise him, and I glorify his name. Amen. We're going to pray before we go before the Lord and the word, and I just ask that you pray with me. Amen. If you bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now, God, for this day. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. I ask, Lord, that you be in our midst on today. Let your anointing fall through the power of your word. Whoever may be hearing this word today, God, let it change their lives in the precious name of Jesus. I thank you right now, God, for your word. We ask you also, God, that you'll let the words of our mouths and the meditation of my heart, Lord, let it be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen, amen and amen. Give God a hand praise. Amen. And you can be seated. We thank God, hallelujah, for the word of God on today. I praise God because we've been following a series of messages over the last few weeks. Amen. Actually, about a month, month and a half now. But I thank God because not only did we, the message start with our word where we were speaking about how Jesus Christ ministered. And he came and ministered to the people during the time when he was on the face of this earth. And not only that, but how he also, when he was uh, scheduled or set to be crucified. We know that it was prophesied. We know that it was foretold. And he said that those things were done so that the word of God would be fulfilled. In other words, it was already predestined that that would happen. So he already knew what the deal was. But I'm here to tell you God did some amazing things while Jesus walked the face of this planet. He did some amazing things. He healed people. He cured people. And there's a difference between healing somebody and curing someone. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. If you got a disease, you can say, well, I want to be healed. But healing is a process. It takes time. But when somebody is cured, that means that's the finite, finite state. That's the end state. When I say I've been cured of something. Amen. That's the end point. Hallelujah. I was watching a movie the other day talked about the end game. Amen. The Avengers, the end game. And you see, if you understand that a lot of things led up to that point, you realize the end game was when it was all done and said. In other words, it's all over at that point. But I thank God because curing is the end game. But, but the, the point of this message on today is that the life of Christ took a circuitous path. It went and it kind of ebbed and flowed and he, you know, he was there and when he was a young boy, he was there in the temple preaching and, and teaching. And then when, as he grew older, he uh, gathered among himself some disciples. And as he gathered the disciples, he taught them so that they would understand exactly what he wanted them to do. He left his message for them. He, he, he gave them some insight into the end times and the things that they would need to do. So he, he impacted their lives. But not only did he impact their lives, but he impacted the lives of everybody that he encountered. Amen. He changed their lives. Yes, he did. Things changed. Things were not the same when Jesus showed up. Amen. Oh, I want you to think about that for a second. Things were not the same when Jesus showed up. He changed people's lives. 
And that's exactly how it should be with you. When you walk into a situation, things should change. You have the power and the ability to change things. Amen? Amen. Yes, you do. You can change things. The world doesn't remain the same when you show up. Because you have the ability to change things. As he went through his life, and when it came time for him to die on a cross, it said that we heard the message how he was crucified and the agonizing events that he endured during his crucifixion. But that wasn't all, because after he was crucified, it said that he was put in a tomb. In other words, they buried him. They thought it was over with, and they buried him. And, and on the third day, he got up and he rose again. We heard the message, amen. If you, if you haven't heard the message, I encourage you to go back and watch the videos or go to YouTube uh, or Facebook Live and get the videos and so you can come up to date. But it says that also he, he, he rose from the tomb and he did mighty works. He was on the face of this earth for many days, I mean almost 40 days, even after he had risen from the grave. Now that's power. That's, that's very powerful in itself. But that wasn't enough. That wasn't all. Because it says that eventually the, the disciples, they saw him and they witnessed him. And he, he even told Thomas, you know, if you don't believe this is me, take here, look at my hands. You can handle me. And look at my side. You can put your finger, your, your fist in my side. You know, you can touch me. In other words, this is real. This is the real deal. This is not no joke. This is not no farce. This is not something that is staged. This is not a prank. Amen. No, but it's the real deal. Amen? Amen. And after he, he spoke to them, it says that while he was yet speaking, he finished and then he ascended up into the heavens. The Lord called him and told him that you can come and sit on the right hand because in other words, he was giving all power and all authority to Christ Jesus at that point. Yeah. Everything was turned over to him. And in doing so, he had all power. But the thing is, the issue was that there were still the disciples here on the face of this earth, and the people were still here. Some of them were discouraged because they said, oh, he's gone away. He, he's left us. You know, he, he's, he's got the power. We understand that. And we believe him, but he's left us. So they were very, very sad, and they were very, very discomforted, and they felt that, you know what, it's all over with. And some even said, you know what, I'm going back to doing what I used to do. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about here? You know, when things don't seem like they're working out for you, you say, well, I'm just going to go back and do what I used to do. Yeah, some people feel that way. But, but he says that I want you to wait. I want you to wait. Because I've got a promise that I'm going to give you. And that promise is the Holy Spirit. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he says that you, and after which the Holy Ghost has come, you're going to be endued with power from on high. In other words, you're going to have a source of energy that you can't even imagine. You're going to have the ability to do things in this, in this earth, in this earth, that you've never done before. No doubt they were perplexed in their minds saying, what is it he's talking about? But he says, just wait on it. Turn to your neighbor and say, just wait on it. Just wait on it. Yeah, just wait on it. You just wait on it. So they were waiting there. My scripture text for today is coming from the book of Acts, the second chapter. And I'm going to start at the first verse. The book of Acts, the second chapter, and the first verse. Hallelujah. I thank God for the word on today. Because see, in, in order to understand this, you got to understand what the day represents. Amen? Amen? On today, today is a day of Pentecost. Pentecost. 
Yeah, in other words, it's 50 days from the day that Christ was crucified and that he rose from the dead. 50 days later. And, and some people, they, they get a little technical in it and they talk, call it the Sakrat. They call it also the, the weeks, the Feast of Weeks. Because it's seven times seven. Amen? Seven times seven. So we're looking here now at, at approximately uh, 40, 49 plus one day. And that comes out to right at about seven weeks. If you really take seven days out of a week times seven weeks, that's 49 days and plus one, which is the day that he rose up. So the day of Pentecost, he said that I want you to wait for this because it was not a phenomenon for them at first when they really thought about it. Because you see, Pentecost actually originated way, way, way back in the book of Exodus. Yeah, it originated when Jesus had allowed the, the children of Israel to go into captivity into Egypt and to be released from captivity by the Egyptians, amen? And they had their exodus. But before they had their exodus, it says that they held what was known as the Passover. Now, I've got to give you this background in order for you to really appreciate this scripture here. But it says that they had the Passover. Now, the Passover said... If you took the blood of a lamb, you would slay a lamb, you would cut its throat and drain the blood into a basin. And as it would, the children of Israel, they had to eat the Passover lamb. They had to partake it. They had to ingest it full. Yeah, they would roast it all during the evening and they would cook it. Amen. But then they had to eat it all before the morning. So they had to ingest it. Now, it wasn't like a regular barbecue like you and I would be thinking about. Because as they would roast the lamb, it says they roasted the lamb whole. In other words, they didn't even take the, the, the time and the, the opportunity to gut the lamb and clear out its inner parts or anything. No, they cooked the whole lamb whole with the inner parts in it and everything. And they had to eat it all. That's what was commanded by the Lord. Eat it all. Yeah, not just the leg, not just the, the thigh, not just the, the ribs, but, but the inside too, the intestines too. Now, that was probably the first time that we, we know about spiritual chitlins, I guess, because some people say, well, now, Pastor, I don't know about those chitlins now, because y'all know what chitlins are, right? Chitlins are the inner parts, the intestines. But it says they had to eat all of that too. So don't, get, don't go tripping on me today when someone says, well, no, I don't eat chitlins. Well, they did because they were commanded to do so, amen? They ate it all, but the Passover, it says that they would take the blood of the lamb and they would take a, a sponge or like a, a, a hyssop, which is like a plant, a spongy type plant, and they would dip it in the blood and they would, would go and begin to apply it over the lintel or the post of the door and on either side of the door, they would apply the blood of the lamb. This was done on Passover. And on Passover, they had to eat the lamb, make sure it was totally consumed before the next day, because the next day, they said, was the fullness of Passover. And they would do that, and I mean, just over repeatedly. They did that from generation to generation. And the Lord commanded that they do that in remembrance. He says, because this, you do this in remembrance of your deliverance. You see, your deliverance had to cost something. That lamb's blood, it didn't, that lamb wasn't alive after he was killed. No, it cost the lamb his life. Yeah. 
in order for them to have their deliverance. And what happened was when the Pharaoh and the people of Egypt, they didn't understand, and not only did they understand, but they did not believe and trust in God. And the Spirit said that whenever the destroyer would come down, when he would see the blood on the side post and on the lintel or the post, top post of the door, he would pass over them. And that's where we get the term Passover. Yeah, Passover, the, the destroyer, the destruction angel would pass over their house. And he would not bother anyone in their house because the decree had went out by the Lord that whosoever does not have the blood applied to their door, amen, that their firstborn child would be killed. Yeah, they would lose their very firstborn. Now, I don't know if you or many of you have siblings, brothers or sisters, and you say, well, Lord, no, I don't know about that now because you're saying that the, my, my, big, my oldest brother or my oldest sister, they would be the, whoever the firstborn was, they would lose their lives as a result of this. And that's exactly what happened. But for those that applied the blood, yes. mm, Jesus, those that applied the blood, it said that he would pass over them. And the death angel would indeed pass over them. And they came to celebrate that time as the Passover. Well, after a while, it says that they continued to celebrate because once they were released, once they had secured their deliverance, they went and they began to leave from Egypt. The next day was the beginning of their exodus. Come on, somebody. After the Passover, after the death angel passed over, they obtained their deliverance. And as they obtained their deliverance, it says they went out. And they went out full. They, they borrowed and they took all kinds of things from the Egyptians. The Egyptians says, what do you need? We just need y'all to get from out of our land because we can't be messing with y'all anymore because the Lord said for us to let y'all go. What do you need in order to go on your journey? Do you need clothes? Do you need food? Whatever it is you need, take it and go. The Passover and the excess. Well, they did that and over the course of about seven weeks, they began to celebrate each week they celebrated their deliverance. So we call that the Feast of Weeks. Yeah, the Feast of Weeks. Because they were celebrating their deliverance. They were celebrating their exodus from the land of Egypt. They were celebrating the fact that they were released from bondage. Well, this was a type and a shadow of what the Lord was doing with Jesus Christ and with this entire world. He allowed Jesus Christ to be the Passover lamb. He allowed him to be killed. He allowed him to be sacrificed on the just the day of Passover. He allowed him. Now see the thing is, even though he allowed Jesus to give up his life, he says he didn't, nobody didn't take it from him, but he gladly, he gave it up. He gave up his life. He yielded up. He told the Lord that into your hand, I commit my spirit. Now, I don't know if you can do that. If you can speak and say, God, into your hands, I'm going to send my spirit. You may not have the power to do that, but the Holy Ghost that's inside you has the power to do that. It can say, Lord, this is where I need to be. Once this life is over, I want to be in forever in your presence. The Holy Spirit will allow you to be able to do that if you have the Holy Spirit. But he says, after the Passover, Jesus hung on the cross. And when it, it, the, the Bible recorded, it says that while he was there, after he gave up the ghost, mm, he, they, they came and they, they saw the other two 
the other two thieves, the sinners that were on the cross being crucified with him. And it's that they were not yet dead. But Jesus had just given up the dope. The ghost had, had just expired in this physical body. And they came and they broke their legs in order to cause so much pain that they just expired after that. They were already being hung. They were already being crucified. They were already hurting. And at that point, and they were in agony, but when they broke their legs, that's when the other two expired. And it says when they came to Jesus, they realized that he was already dead physically. So they didn't break his bones that the scriptures might be fulfilled, that not a bone of him should be broken. But the, 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 the soldier stuck him in his side with a spear. And out of it came blood and water. Yeah, came blood and water. It's another, another prophecy being fulfilled. And as, as that happened, it says that they, just, they hurried and said, we got to take him down off of this cross because it's now Passover. And, and we got to make sure that he's not on because the Sabbath day is coming. It's, it's, it's here. This was on a Friday, and the Sabbath day was the next day. He said, we got to take him down before the sun goes down because the Sabbath day is coming. And we can't have anyone hanging on a cross on the Sabbath day. That was their custom. And they were obeying their customs. And it's really interesting because how they could obey certain parts of the word, but then they went against other parts of the word. My God, can you see us even now? There's certain scriptures in the Bible that the Bible tells us what to do and what not to do. We obey one part of the word, but then we disobey other parts of the word. Yeah, it's still synonymous with what we're doing now. But it says they took him off of the cross, and as they did so, then we see that the Passover was complete. And it entered into the Sabbath. And it entered into the weeks. The Feast of Weeks. They did this and they waited. Because Jesus told them to wait. They waited for seven whole weeks. Seven weeks, saints, they waited. And as they waited there, it says that they, 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 they began, they would sing songs. and they would, you know, they, Some of them were still depressed. Some of them were still in grief. So they stayed in the upper room and they were all gathered there. They would come together to no doubt to console one another. It's going to be okay. You know, we know that Jesus was crucified and we sure, certainly thought he was going to be the king that was going to, you know, help us to help Israel to reign again like David. You know, we thought all of this. We didn't understand it and we still don't understand it. But he told us to wait. And he was going to send the promise. And they did. And it says here that. In the Acts, the second chapter, in the first verse, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. In other words, the 50th day that they had been waiting. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing, mighty, or strong wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mm, Jesus. Can you imagine sitting in the room and all of a sudden 
the, 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 the sound of a, of a hurricane, the sound of a tornado, the sound of a mighty rushing wind comes through the house. Nobody opened the door. Nobody opened the windows, but it says all of a sudden this was in the place. And it appeared unto them to be clothing, in other words, flickering tongues of fire. Y'all know how a house that is on fire looks, right? Well, before the firemen get there and put any water on it, the flames are just jumping and going from one piece of wood to the other piece of wood, from one curtain to the other, from the floor to the ceiling. The flames are just all over the place, flickering and flickering and burning everything up, consuming everything that's in its path, including the oxygen that's in the air. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a revelation for somebody. Because, you see, when the Holy Ghost comes, it consumes everything. Everything. It consumes everything. It says, it looked to them to be cloven tongues of fire. And it sat upon each one of them. In other words, it caught all of them that was there because they were waiting for something. And it caught every last one of them. And as it caught them, it says that it sent them and they began to speak. They began to speak all kinds of languages. And as they spoke these languages, there were those that were on the outside of the building that heard them. Because you see, understand what was going on at the time. We're talking about the Feast of Weeks. So there were many people that had come for the Passover to Jerusalem. They had come there from all over the world. They had come from different countries, from Africa, from Asia, from, from Arabia. They had come from all over. And the scriptures tell us that over 16 different nations, people from over 16 different countries, were there, and they heard these disciples and the people that were in the upper room, they heard them speaking in languages that they understood. And the languages were telling them about the goodness of God. It was telling them about the kingdom of God and what was happening and why Jesus died, the reason why he was crucified. It was telling them all of these things. And as it began to speak all of these things to them, it says that they heard it in their own language. Jesus. I'm here to tell you that when the Spirit speaks to you, when you are really, truly ready to receive God, God will speak to you in your own language. He will say something to you that will get your attention. It may not get my attention. It may not get the attention of the person sitting next to you, but I assure you it will get your attention. You'll say, I know that's God talking to me. I heard, heard a brother one time, he was in church, and, and he got up, he said, the, the church was kind of quiet, the, the minister was, was preaching, he just got up, he says, it's me, it's me, it's me you're talking about, it's me. And he just cried out, he came down to the altar, began to cry out, Lord, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. And people were wondering what was going on. They were wondering, well, what was said? What did the pastor say or the preacher say that caused him? It wasn't necessarily what the preacher said, but it was what the word of God said. Because the word of God will find you where you're at. And it will convict your heart. It'll move on you and won't touch the person next to you. And there are other times where not only will it move on you, but it will also catch fire to the one sitting next to you. The word knows how to act, and it knows who it is sent for. And it achieves exactly what it is sent for. It says they were here, and they, these men heard the gospel being spoken in their native language, in their own tongues, their own speech, their own languages. And as they did, 
It says in the, the seventh verse, it says, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all of these which speak Galileans? In other words, aren't these Jewish people? These are not people who have learned Arabic. These are not people who have learned Christian. These are not people who have learned Cappadocia. These are not people who understand all of these languages. How is it, how is it then that we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Our own native language. Parthians. I'm in the ninth verse. And Medes. And Elamites. And dwellers of Mesopotamia. And in Judea. And in Cappadocia. And in Pontus. And Asia. Phrygia. And Pamphylia. And Egypt. And in the parts of Libya. That's Africa. About Cyrene. And strangers of Rome. That's Italy. Jews and proselytes. Cretes and Arabians, that's, that's Arabia, and we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? And others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. They drunk. They drunk. That's all it is. They done got themselves drunk. They've been having this feast for seven weeks. They've been eating and drinking for seven weeks. I guess after you've been drinking alcohol for seven weeks, you'd be drink, drunk too. But they said, but Peter, he stood up and he says, now wait a minute. Lifting up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you. Peter was speaking soberly. And he says, and hearken to my words, or listen, for these are not drunken as ye suppose seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now, the third hour of the day, we, we look at that, the third hour of the day is only nine o'clock in the morning. Now, y'all know for yourself, if, if you, I don't care if you are an alcoholic or not, if, if, if you come out to the, in the street, it's nine o'clock in the morning, you already drunk, something wrong. Yeah, you, you definitely hooked, you definitely addicted. You, you, if you drunk at seven o'clock, at three o'clock in the morning, then something's really wrong. So Peter's like, no, 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 come on now. We even got sense. Let's make sense of this thing because you, you don't see people out in the street walking around drunk at three, nine o'clock in the morning. I can see it's seven or eight or nine o'clock at night, but not nine o'clock in the morning. Come on, let's be reasonable about, about this thing. So Peter was reasoning with them and Peter says, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. He says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What did Joel say? He says, and it shall come to pass in the last days that God will said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Peter was saying, this is the fulfillment of that scripture. Why? Because it's the Pentecost. I'm here to tell you today is June 5th, 2022. Today is Pentecost. Yeah. If you'll recognize it, it's 50 years from when we celebrated Easter. It's 50, if I'm not 50 years, but 50 days when we celebrated Easter, the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 50 years, June 5th, 2022, is Pentecost. Yeah. Now see, the significance of Pentecost is that it was the birthing of the Holy Ghost into mankind. 
It wasn't the first time that, that the Holy Ghost had filled anybody because it says John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. We heard that message, didn't we? Yeah, it said also that the, the Holy Ghost fell on, on, on Elizabeth and on Mary and it fell on the disciples. And even when Jesus came back after he rose from the dead, Jesus breathed on them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was there. But there's something about Pentecost. Hmm. Something about Pentecost that caused those people to get stirred up. It says that that mighty rushing wind that came in. You let a wind come and blow the doors and the windows out of this building and all of a sudden it starts flowing through here. I know God knows some of y'all may be wondering what is going on here. But I'm here to tell you that's how it was with Pentecost. The spirit came in in full power. And it didn't just go into one or two or three, but it filled all of them that were in the house. Amen. See, the Holy Ghost knows how to get into you, into you, into you, and into you. The Holy Ghost knows how to get into each and every one of us. It knows what we need, how we need it, when we need it, and where we need it. The Holy Ghost, yes it does. It knows how to move on every last one of us individually. Some things that move you may not move me. Some things that affect you may not affect me. But the Holy Ghost knows how to affect you just where you are. It knows what you need. Yeah, you need to think about that thing for a second. The Holy Spirit knows what you need. And it knows how to get you what you need. It says they were all in one place and they were all filled. I'm here to tell somebody today that this is Pentecost. Today is the day of Pentecost. You can receive the Holy Ghost today because this is your Pentecost. Today is your Pentecost. If you really truly want to be saved, you can be saved today. If you have not heard any other messages, but you hear the message right now, you can be saved right now. Today is your day of Pentecost. Amen. The disciples, they received their day of Pentecost while they were in that upper room. They received it when the Holy Spirit came in. And it says it changed their lives. How do we know that? Well, because after Peter got finished speaking, it says they did wonderful and some marvelous things. But here's the difference. Peter, at the end of it, I'm jumping now to the 40th verse. It says, and with many other words did he, Peter, testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untowards generation or this backwards generation. Now, how many of you know that right now we are living in an untoward time? We're dealing with some backward generations. We're dealing with some people who do some backwards things. There's some people who want to go back to where things were, to the way things were. We're not going back to the way things were. We're going forward. It says, Paul said, we're pressing towards the mark of the prize of a high calling. We're moving forward. Moving forward, yeah, because we're not going back. But Peter says, you got to save yourself from this untowards generation. See, saints of God, you can get to a point where you start looking at what the people are doing. And you lose sight of what God wants you to do. So you start saying, well, Lord, I'm not doing what you want me to do because the people are doing this and the people are doing that. And they're affecting me this way and they're affecting me that way. God doesn't care about all of that. He cares about what you are doing. So Peter says, you got to learn how to save yourself from this untowards generation. 
I heard the pastor say the other day, yeah, sometimes you got to learn how to encourage yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. Sometimes you're wanting and waiting for somebody to give you an encouraging word, and you just sit there, and you'll die of starvation waiting for someone to give you an encouraging word. But I'm here to tell you, if you've got a Bible nearby or if you have the word of God in your heart, you'll learn how to say, you know what? I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. My soul is blessed. God is a good God. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Why? Because I know this is a day that the Lord has made, and I will be rejoicing and be glad in it. You gotta encourage yourself. Right. Yeah, you gotta sometimes talk to yourself, and you gotta talk into yourself. You gotta speak life into yourself. I shall live and not die. This is not gonna take me out. I am the head and not the tail. You gotta speak to yourself, and you gotta speak to the situation that's around you. And encourage yourself. You got to learn how to save yourself from this untowards generation. If you are so hung up and stuck on what people think about you, sure enough, you will wind up losing out the thing that you already have. Oh, I'm here to tell you the truth, saints. I'm telling you, you can't get caught up on what people think about what you're doing for the Lord. It may seem strange to them. I don't understand why you got to go to church all the time. Well, it's all right. Maybe it's not for you, but it is for me. It's for me. I don't understand why you got to pray all the time. Well, maybe praying is not for you, but it's for me. What you talking about? You got to fast today. We, I want to go out and eat. I don't know whether or not fasting is for you, but it's for me. So you got to learn, Jesus, hallelujah, how to save yourself. Save yourself from this untowards generation. Untowards means backwards. If I'm not going forward or towards, I'm going untowards. I'm going backwards or against. And that's what Peter was telling them. You got to save yourself from this backwards generation. He says they killed Christ. They're starting to kill the disciples and the apostles. So don't make, think it strange when they come after you. Amen? Amen? Don't think it's strange when they start talking about you. They talked about Jesus. They said he was a blasphemer. He was like, where's all this coming from? You talking about I'm a bastard? I'm healing your people. I'm, I'm curing your, your diseases. I'm healing your sick. I'm causing the lame to walk. I'm causing the blind to see. And you talking about I, I got a devil and I'm a blasphemer? They were untowards. They were backwards thinking. But he says, but no, you got to save yourself from this untowards generation. And not only that, but he said also, Peter began to speak to them. And he says that when you save yourself, he says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That's in verse 41. And verse 42 con concludes my message on this morning. It says, and they continued steadfastly, in other words, they held on to what? In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. See, saints, you got to understand that, 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 that when, when the Holy Spirit comes in, and it came in on that day of Pentecost, and it began to perpetuate, it began to infiltrate, it began to spread over this entire planet. The Holy Spirit. 
And that's not strange because the Holy Spirit is ubiquitous. In other words, it can move and go and be wherever it needs to be. Like God, it's omnipresent. It can be wherever it needs to be. It's omnipotent. It has all kind of power. Jesus himself said, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Yeah, he says that. And, and you can speak these things and say, I can do some things. No, all things. Through who? Through Christ who does what? Who strengthens me. In other words, Christ is strengthening you through the Holy Spirit. Yes, he is. He says that after the Holy Ghost has come, you shall have power. And power on high. The Holy Spirit is a force. It is an energetic force. It's a spiritual entity that is able to interact with you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we're going somewhere with this now. I'm about finished now because, you see, I, I remember in my mind years ago they had a picture that was called The Exorcist with a, a, a young actress called Linda Blair. And Linda, she was a young girl, and it says that the, the, the evil spirit got in her and, and the priest at that time went to her and was going to do an exorcism. In other words, was going to exorcise the devil out of her. But when it got there, the room was cold and the priest was scared and he got in there and Linda Blair, she did her head began to spin around and she began to vomit, green vomit and the priest said, I'm out of here. Peace, deuces. And he left because he was afraid but it says that the, the devil was in her and the only way that the devil could use her is because she had, uh, had allowed herself to be captivated by the enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, the, the, she thought she had all of this power within her. But eventually a young man came and, and was able to excise that devil or exercise that devil out of her. Some people in this world today need a spiritual exorcism. I'm here to tell you, yes they do. They need us because they are untowards. They're going backwards. Their minds are not right. They're going backwards. They're doing things that they know they should not do, but they're doing them anyway because they're not untowards. They're not going towards goodness. They're not going towards righteousness, but they're going backwards into unrighteousness. And God says, you got to save yourself from that now. You got to learn how to save yourself from that. You got to not allow anything or anybody to pull you from where you used to be. Oh, Jesus, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. I refuse to go back to where I used to be. Because where I used to be, that was not a good place. How many of you know who I'm talking about? That was not a good place. And the Lord delivered me from that. Because he delivered me from that. I'm going forward, not backwards. I'm going to save myself from that backwards generation. I'm going forward. I'm pressing towards a mark. Peter began to speak to them. Yeah. And it says in the 46th verse, it says, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, yeah, they shared with each other, they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness or unity of heart. Yeah. The 47th verse says, praising God and having favor with all the people yeah. and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. God knows who should be saved. Amen. Yes, he does. 
But see, you have a choice to decide whether you're in that number or not. You have a choice to decide whether you're in position to be saved or not. It is your choice. God hasn't predestined anyone to hell. Don't believe, well, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not no good. I'm just destined, so I know I'm going to hell, so I might as well just go ahead and do the, the, all the bad things that I can think to do because I'm going to hell anyway. You, you got to, you got that's a backwards thinking. You got to change your mindset, and you got to realize Christ died for your sins, for my sins, and for everybody's sins, and nobody really has the right to go to hell. Mm -mm, you don't. Hell was not prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. You don't belong in hell. But I assure you, you will go there if you choose to. Amen. Yes, you will. You will go there if you choose to. Amen. It's your choice today, saints. Yes. And I'm here to tell those that are listening and watching this broadcast, it is your choice where you're going to spend eternity. It is your choice. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we're all going to come back. We're all going to live in a state of eternal life. But how much more pleasant is it to live in an eternal state, enjoy peace and happiness with our Lord versus in agony, pain, and torment with the devil and his angels in a lake that is burning with fire? Because you see, the devil's going to be tossed into hell. But guess what? Hell is going to be tossed into a lake of fire. Now see, when you understand that, you understand the dynamics of that then you really understand the complexity of God. And I've got to share this with somebody because there's somebody watching that is just technical enough to understand what I'm about to say. Because you see, God does. God takes it from our physical, we see the physical right now. And God says, just let them know, I go beyond the physical. I go beyond the biological. I go down through the microscopic. I go down to the point where I get to the quantum dynamic of life. Now, I hope you understood what I just said. Because I do. Someone who can get to the quantum dynamic of life means I can go beyond dimensions. I can go beyond wormholes. I can go beyond black holes. I can go beyond the fifth, sixth, and seventh dimension of something. Way beyond our three and four dimensional living that we're in here. He says, I'm way beyond that. And I can, trans I can transfer you, and I can actually transform you into a being that can live into all of those existences. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it gets deep now, because you see, when you understand that he did that on the day of Pentecost, he did that at the Passover, and he did it through the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, that means God is able to change your life and my life. Over 2,000 years after the blood of Jesus was shed on the cross, he's still able to change and transform our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes, he is. And even after we have gone, whether our flesh lives when he comes back or our flesh is dead, he's able to raise every single molecule and put it all back together and reform it. Mm -hmm. And judge it. And decide whether it gets to live eternally with him or whether it gets to be consumed and destroyed in a lake with fire. God is that kind of God. That's what I'm here to tell you today. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that we serve. And I know there's somebody watching today that says, I understood what you just said. And I'm here to tell you, you can prove God through his word. Because he says that he, if he spoke it, he will perform it. He 
capable of performing everything that he speaks. So God is letting you know today, I can save you. This is your Pentecost. This is your mighty rushing wind. The voices you're hearing right now, that's your mighty rushing wind coming into the sounds of your ear. That is your salvation. That is the Holy Spirit sitting on you. That feeling that you feel like, oh my God, this word is affecting me like it's never affected me before. That is the Holy Spirit. That's not my voice. That's the Holy Spirit affecting you. Today is your Pentecost. Today is your Pentecost. And if today is your Pentecost, I just encourage and I stole you to give your life to Jesus now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Today is your Pentecost. Give your life to God now. Just say, just reach up and say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. That's all it takes. It's not hard. But he says, if you'll open up, if you'll declare unto him that he is the Son of God and that he is your Lord and Savior, he says, the same shall be saved. It is that easy to be saved. Now it's up to you if you decide to continue to walk in your salvation. It's not going anywhere, but you got to decide. You got to make a conscious choice. Lord, I'm going to live righteously for you. I'm going to make my body a temple for you to dwell in. I'm going to make my flesh, God, a tabernacle for you to, to work in and for you to allow me to serve you. I'm going to do these things because today was my Pentecost. Today, the Holy Spirit came to me. It affected me. It said something that jarred me. It said something that electrified me, that quickened something inside me. Today is my Pentecost. Now, many of you, you've had a Pentecost time before, years ago. You said, I remember when I got saved, I was in such and such place, and the Spirit of the Lord came in, and it came into me like a mighty rushing wind. I couldn't speak anymore. I didn't know what I was saying, but words were coming out of my mouth, and I didn't quite understand them. I was speaking as the Spirit was giving utterance. I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that time. That was your Pentecost. But I'm here to tell you someday, somebody right now is receiving their Pentecost. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody is receiving their Pentecost. They've been waiting on God. Lord, when are you going to do this? When are you going to take care of this? When are you going to handle this? They've been waiting. But today is their Pentecost. They say, I'm receiving my deliverance today, Jesus. Today. Today is my Pentecost. And if today is your Pentecost, I applaud you for accepting him. For accepting the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He did it all for you. Yes, he did. He did it all for you. He did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for you. And he did it for me. He died on that cross so that we might have the power to be able to stand. Even in an evil day, we were able to stand. Today, saints of God, I want you to encourage your hearts and, and realize that all of this was done so that you would be able to have the relationship that God always wanted you to have Amen. with him. He didn't want you to perish. No, no, it wasn't his will that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. And if you've given your life to God, if you've repented unto the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, yes. I'm here to let you know today, he has accepted you yes. on your Pentecostal day. Yes. How many of you glad for Pentecost? Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. I praise God for the word on today. I'm finished. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and turn this back over to our evangelist that she may prepare to close us out. But I thank God, amen, for just being a part of this Pentecost on today, June 5th, 2022. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me, amen, and we're going to go ahead and pray. I pray over that soul that says, Lord, this is my Pentecost. I've had my exodus. I've had my crucifixions. But today, Lord, and I've had my bondage and my captivity, but today is my Pentecost. Today is my Pentecost. I'm receiving what you have for me today, God. And I want you to just open your hearts as I pray that prayer. And just say, Lord, I'm receiving what you have for me today. Yes, Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, that you'll touch each and every one that's under the sound of my voice. Let them realize, God, that Pentecost is come to them today. Lord, whatever it is you have for them. We may not know the details, but they know the specifics. Whatever it is you have for them, Lord, let them receive it on today. Whatever right now, God. I bless your name, God. And we pray over each soul, Lord, that has given their lives to you. That said, Lord, you're my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Christ, my anointed one, God. I want you to, loot, to rule and rule in my life. I want you to, Lord, to control my life, my thoughts, my decisions, my intentions, and my emotions, God. I want you to have control over those. I yield myself to you. I give myself to you. And I fully right now give myself to you because I know you're calling me, God, to do something greater. You're calling me to a greater work. You're calling me to a greater relationship, to a deeper relationship in you. And I thank you for it on today. I bless your name, God. I ask that you allow me to walk in your will and in your word every single day. Let it be my Pentecost. Let the Holy Spirit fill me. Let it come right now, God, and overpower me that I might be led and guided by your Holy Spirit. Not that I might walk by flesh anymore, God. Not that I might walk by sight, but that I may walk by faith through you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.